Oh, another thing, it's an Android app. <laughs> See, <laughs> there you go. Already being shady. <laughs> I didn't say it to be shady. I'm just saying. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And this is Nika Monfort, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. And you're listening to the Snob OS Podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs, where we talk all things Apple and then some. So catch us up. How was your week this week? Uh, week not too bad. You know, just working, you know, school stuff and, you know, uh, startup stuff. Any new updates on the app or I saw some tweets, I saw some social media stuff start to roll out. Well, we thought we were going to be able to go for the 14th, but because it is like some payment processing in there, we're using um, the standard, uh, it's called Braintree, um, the company that does the processing where you have to get like the approval and stuff through them. And this is proven to be quite cumbersome like when i went to do the application for it like i had to give them my social security number it was kind of like a soft like i don't know if they actually pull my credit but like a soft credit pull because after i you know put in like my social or whatever they ask you like the questions that they ask like to verify like you're actually you so it was like they asked you know the standard questions like did you open a this during this time frame how much do you pay for this And so, like, they want, like, a lot of information. And I get it because we'll be handling, you know, we won't actually ourselves be handling the payment processing, but it will go through the app. So No no Stripe or anything like that? Mm -mm. So in order, apparently, this company, they handle, like, the merchant transactions. And so for through the app, you can either use, like, um... If you go through the app for payment, you can use like PayPal or just like your credit card number, but it also, you know, you don't have to pay through the app. If say, you know, you go to a bridal person and, you know, after your event is all done, you pay by square or whatever, you can do that as well, but you can actually pay for it in the app if, if you want, that's an option. But, um, yeah, to do all of that, it's. It's a lot of information. So we've had to go a couple rounds getting them information. We finally have, I think the last thing was like seven questions we had to answer. Um, and like they wanted like the full, they want like the website. So they gave them the website. It was like, well, we don't see any payment stuff or, you know, on the website. It's like, because it's an app. So we had to like send them screenshots of the app going through the full process of how it works. So we had to do screenshots going through as a bride. We had to do a screenshots as going through as an artist. And so they have to go through all that stuff and look at all that just to, I guess, validate that we are who we say we are and we aren't like scamming or anything. So it's just like a lot. And we still haven't gotten the final approval for that. But once we get the, the API key for it, you know, the, the developer will just be able to pop it in. So we'll see if we get it, you know, this week. Um, or not, so she can go ahead and pop it in there and, you know, maybe we can do some tests and all that good stuff, but we'll see, but it's, it's progress. So, all right. All right. Okay. Let's post it. We will. We'll definitely let you know when we go live so you guys can go and check it out. And if any of our listeners are getting married or engaged or any of those types of things, um, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Any other stuff going on? Mm, no, other than just this, you know, crap storm of a oh, news yeah. cycle we're in. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, it's just like one thing. Like, I was on Twitter yesterday and I was like, my God, it's like a, it's a, it's flames. I mean, it was just like all this stuff popping up. You got the well, Trump stuff. Right. Well, you got a lot of, had a lot of things going on. You had the uh, State of the Union. You had mm-hmm. the impeachment. You had the fall, you know, the Super Bowl ending, and then you had stuff still happening with Kobe Bryant, and you had the Grammys coming up, and Oscars. Oh, yeah, not the Grammys, Oscars coming up. So, you know, everybody's talking about that, you know, a lot of stuff going on at one time. I'm just like, (laughs) this is not where we need to be, but 
That's where we are. Yep, exactly. What about you? Anything of note? Nothing special going on with the family. Uh, My oldest daughter, she's getting back into softball, so she had to do her little evaluations last weekend. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going to the batting cage and found out who her team is. So, you know, I'm... I'm um, giving her coaching again. Nope. Not this time. (laughs) Not this time. I'm going to be a parent and sit on the bench and bring snacks every once in a while. (laughs) And that's going to be my duties. So, but in addition to that, um, well, to, to piggyback on top of that, I'm giving my daughter a little bit more control. So last, the way our softball uh, rec league um, does the schedules, lets people know about practice is through an app. Of course. Of course. Um, so I was the one using the app and then I was telling my daughter and I was telling my wife, you know, when the schedule was. Mm-hmm. So this year I've decided to give her a little bit more control. So the coach added her to the app herself. So now she can see when the schedule comes out, if the coach messages the team, you mm-hmm. know, cancellations or if they have to change fields or we got to change you know, times or whatever. Now she'll see that and now she'll have more control. And in addition to that, you know, if she wants to message her team, like team members or whatever, mm-hmm. um, instead of me doing all the messaging, you know, she can actually be more involved. So she's, she's growing up. So giving her a little bit, a little bit more responsibility. So, so has she gotten the phone and all that good stuff? I know no, not yet. Okay. Not yet. That's, that is next week. No week after next. So how does she think she's going to, or is she going to, is she thinking now she's just going to do it through a tablet? Yeah. That's how you okay. do it through a tablet. Okay. So, you know, she, I mean, technically speaking, you know, I am as a parent <laughs> late to the game when it comes to giving the kids the phones. Mm. But even now, I mean, we're doing it because we've held off so long, Mm -hmm. but there's really no reason why she even needs one now Mm -hmm. simply because they really outside of them doing it when they're not supposed to, Mm -hmm. they're in school all day. So So technically when would she actually need it at home after school at home when she got her big tablet in front of her. So there's really no need, Mm -hmm. you know, we just, He's one of those battles we choose not to fight anymore. Yeah, it's going to be, I'm sure it's getting harder and harder to to fight the battle. Surprisingly, surprisingly, she she drops the hints like a regular kid, kid, Uh but she's not, my life is over if I don't have a phone like some of her other friends are. Her other friends are like, you know, uh, I had a phone since I was six and I don't know what I would do without my phone, you know, and then. So that whole thing. So um, surprisingly, it hasn't it hasn't rubbed off the peer pressure to have a phone has not rubbed off on her enough to where she is begging for a phone. It's just when Christmas rolls around, mm-hmm. when her birthday rolls around, she makes sure to have that on her wish list. Well, I mean, that's actually good that she, you know, has her own, you know, identity and, and you know, self-confidence that she doesn't need, you know, need yeah. to, quote unquote, fit in with the. With her peers and all that kind of stuff. Right. So. And I'm pretty sure, um, I haven't done a, a official tally, but I'm pretty sure all of her friends have a phone. But again, I don't think it's a big deal for her because they're in school all day mm-hmm. and they're not supposed to use their phone in school all day. The only time she's with them as they're using their phone. Same thing with my youngest daughter too. She's nine mm-hmm. and all her friends got phones. So the only times that they're really on the phones is on school bus. Mm-hmm coming to and from school and maybe I'm thinking maybe recess. I'm not sure how the school governs the phones while they're at school, but I'm pretty sure there's some period throughout the day at school to where they can sneak a peek, you know? So I'm assuming, but outside of that, you know, there's really no need for the phone throughout the week. Mm -hmm. And when she gets home, she's got her own tablet she can message. She can do all the stuff you can do on the phone. Right. But I guess the feeling of a phone is different, but I think if you didn't come through for this birthday, mm-hmm. I think the pressure would be on. <laughs> like, again, I'm going to have it. I'm not going to die. I'm going to die if that don't happen. So, again, having said that, this is not one of those battles we're trying to fight anymore. Yeah. So, you know, and like I said, she's been, she's the responsible one <laughs> of the kids. <laughs> so, maybe my, my middle child, that's a whole nother story. We like that <laughs> i'm just keeping it real Don't parents act like they love their kids all the same it is different <laughs> so that's y'all, try, that's, y'all yeah. try the middle one too hard she mm. she don't be here for y'all mess uh, she be it, it don't 
register with her. <laughs> She's on her own time. She's yes. like, look, I'm doing it my way. Yes, exactly. So we'll see how things go with her. But this round with the oldest, I think she, you know, she's ready. So but we'll see. Now it'd be interesting to see if she dives off the deep end once she gets the phone. Let's see mm-hmm. how responsible she is. So we'll be, we'll be watching that. I'll lock down the phone with all the restrictions and mm-hmm. I got all the, the cutoff technology. And I don't, I, I don't think immediately that I'll be the spying parent mm-hmm. to where there are apps to where you can read messages and you can um, uh, see exactly what the kid is doing mm-hmm. as they're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll definitely put the restrictions on to where she can only watch certain things. She can only download certain things right now. We still got it to where anytime they want to download anything, they have to, we have to approve it. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course with Apple, you know, they send out the request. They got to request it. I got to re- approve it. And then once I approve it, they can download it. So that'll stay in effect. You know, I'll probably cut down on what kind of changes she can make on the phone. Like we just this past week, you know, she changed her password on her iPad. So when I was trying to do something, I couldn't, the, the password is different. So I had to get mm-hmm. on her about that. So going into the restrictions, you can do things like give them the ability to change the password, give them the ability to change certain settings. So they can't turn location settings on and off. So going back to my original state statement, I'm not going to hover over her Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to track what she's doing in real time. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if I have any sort of questions or concerns, you know, one, I'll prohibit her from doing things. And then two stuff will be on to where if I have to go back and Mm -hmm. look back at the information, I'll be able to access it, but I'm not going to, there's some, I think it's called, uh, life 360 or 360 something to where it's like, as soon as she goes out of some sort of boundary geographical, you know, uh, what they call it? The, um, we go out of area, what's it called? Uh, geofencing, mm-hmm. you know, when, uh, that, you know, as soon as she steps out of, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it's going to ping me because one, I know where she's at all the time. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change when I give her a phone. I'm not going to give her a phone and be like, okay, now go anywhere you go. Go be free. <laughs> right. <laughs> I still know where she's at all mm-hmm. the time. She's in at school, at home, practice, or at one of her friend's house. Now, if she goes to her friend's house and then a mama let them do something, mm-hmm. that ain't her fault. I got to talk to their mama. Right. <laughs> That's a right. whole nother conversation. That's a parental conversation. <laughs> right. But at the same time, you know, I'm not going to look up at, two o'clock in the afternoon and be like, Hmm, where's my daughter? I wonder where she is. You know exactly where she is. Right. That's where if, you know, so, but again, have the same free time or the ability to be able to go back and look at the history. Yeah. And and it's good to, you know, you know, allow them to give you a reason to be like, okay, let me keep better tabs on you. You know, you don't always necessarily want to just go to the nuclear option. Right. But like some, like most parents do. Yeah. So it's, it's so weird. Like with parents these days, it's like they give them all these extra freedoms. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm pretty sure her friends with their phones, they don't have the same sort of lockdown phone. Mm -hmm. So they can probably look here. They can look at anything. They can download anything. You know, Mm -hmm. like I said, my kids, anytime they want to buy, download, purchase anything, Mm -hmm. I got to approve it. Mm -hmm. And they got to come, Puppy dog eyes and can come. You and, can, can, can you approve that? I want it down. They got to mm-hmm. got a pitch. You got to do a pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure these other kids don't have to do all that. So it's almost they probably like got Snapchat and everything just out there. Just everything, wilding out. right? But when something goes wrong, then they, like I said, then they hit the nuclear button. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why don't you in the middle? Yeah. Is why? Why would you give them all these all, freedoms? Why you give them a hundred percent access? And, then when something goes wrong mm-hmm. with the hundred percent access, then you want to just be like, bye. Yeah, you want to go crazy. It's like, well, you could have mitigated some of that right. had you have sat down and had the conversation and right. make sure certain rules and things were in place. Say, no, you can't go Snapchat. You can't. Mm-hmm. You can't go to you know YouTube proper. You right. gotta go to the restricted version of YouTube. You know, yeah. not YouTube Kids, but you can still go have in. a conversation first yeah. before you just kind of give them a, a free pass just to yeah. be out there. So that's all. So we'll. That's what we're doing. So we'll see, like, again, how that goes. But at the same time, there are some benefits mm-hmm. to her having a phone. For example, you know, they've got um, they've got the little kitty credit card accounts mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. where we can go in and monitor. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah, I think we talked about it before. It was like one of your how-tos, uh, one of the hookups, I think. Right. So, you know, they've got that. So the ability for them to be able to see their information in real time, mm-hmm. how much they're in their account, 
where they can spend where that sort of thing. She can kind of manage that now. Now mm-hmm. she now that she has a phone. So when we're actually out at the store and she wants to buy something, she, she checks can see how much she has versus, and she can buy it. Versus yeah. her coming to bug me and then I gotta open up the app and whatever. So um uh, the also that gives her the ability to where to give her more freedom. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, there have been a couple times, unbeknownst to my wife <laughs> <laughs> That plug your ears. <laughs> Don't listen to this part. That you know, I'll send them in the store, mm-hmm. and I'll either sit at the front of the store or I'll sit in the car. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, y'all got twenty minutes to go in the store mm-hmm. and buy what you want. If twenty minutes is over, and it's not might, back here, I'm coming in the store. Mm-hmm. So you know, if they but if they have a question or anything, it's like, well, can I buy this? Can I do that? She mm-hmm. can just text me, and I'm mm-hmm. sitting in the car or at the coffee shop or at the front of the store, and I can say right. yes, no, whatever the case may be. Or if I'm like looking for them, like we'll go in the store and I'll split up and say, okay, I'm looking for this. Y'all go to the other side of the store and do whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I, you know, ready, all right, I'm ready to go, you know, I can just text them. So there's a little bit of freedom that comes mm-hmm. in that. I'm not going to lock her down completely. You know, there are some freedoms that will make things a little bit easier for the both of us as her as a child, me, me as a parent. Right. But at the same time, you know, you, you ain't going now all of a sudden Uber you're not grown <laughs> right exactly <laughs> some of these kids you know they get uber and they get to order food like they I, do postmates and everything so they so have funny. postmates coming to the school i'm like what? That's what so i saw a story and it was funny because um it was on facebook i i can't find it but i'm gonna just try to retell it so the the mother is telling the story about her son how she how, i think it's a son got in trouble because he ordered um Postmates or whatever, DoorDash, whatever mm-hmm. one of them ordered it to the school, mm-hmm. and you know the mother was talking to the son. He was like, "Look, you know, the school was like, look, security concerns. We don't know who's coming up to the school. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just, that's just a no no, right? Right? You know, so the da- the mother had to explain to the son. He's like, "Look, you know, we got to have this conversation. You can't do that. This and that and other. You know, he's like, he understood what went wrong. He was mm-hmm. like, "Look, I'm sorry, you know, but I told the dude." In the you know when you order stuff, additional messages or mm-hmm. a message for the driver. Uh-huh. He told the dude he was like, "Look, when you get here, <laughs> in all caps, don't come in. Message me. I'll come. Out. I'll come out and get the food. But of course, he he read notes. Who name a driver? Come on. They're like, now. look, y'all taking half my tips anyway. Right. I'm not I'm, reading. I'm extra. delivering this food. You know. So he walked up to the school, went to the gymnasium, caused all these issues. So. All that to say, <laughs> there are some kids out here trying to be slick with it with these phones. So <laughs> yeah, because I know one of the things that I had read, it was like it was a school here in Georgia, mm-hmm. um, in the metro area. They had to like have like this full like a school or something because kids were ordering Postmates all the time, so they would have multiple people coming in to deliver this food. And I was like, y'all can't do this, right? And it was like instead of that, you know, when we were in school, you know, if you skipped off campus to go and get some food you kind of snuck back on if you, right. because most of the time i know for our school you weren't supposed to leave campus right. until the end of the day or a parent mm-hmm. or something like that and so you know you kind of dip out and go to the store and come back but now these kids they just like look you just come to me right and they're coming to the school especially with all these school shootings these schools want to know trafficking. right I mean, just they, they all need the stuff. they need to know who's coming to the school and who's not coming to the school and a whole bunch of random people delivering food is not the it's good not, look it's not the mood when it comes to school safety <laughs> but these kids you know they, they got these care. phones they'll figure it out until you explicitly tell them no, no and that goes back to the original thing it's like look as a parent is you're not just giving them a phone and hoping that That's nothing right. goes wrong because they're kids they'll figure they're it out impulse control they don't have any so you know all that all that to say you know <laughs> we're gonna make sure we sit down and talk to them like look don't let your friends and what they doing on these phones get you in trouble get you caught up because mm-hmm. we're not like those parents right i'm not their parent <laughs> <laughs> so yep so that's the uh, all the inner energy and all the chatter amongst the gains household so all right well let's move into the show where we do the lowdown this section where we talk all things apple so you know everybody knows about the coronavirus and what's going on and where it's hitting and of course in the financial and the tech space since china has pretty much shut down for the most part Mm -hmm. that is hurting a lot of trade and commerce and apple of course one of a big manufacturer of apple's products is made in china so with the popularity or the mm-hmm. hard to find 
ability, if that's a word, of the AirPods. If you're looking for some AirPods, do not expect to see any new AirPods <laughs> anytime soon because this coronavirus has pretty much it's taking people out, especially these AirPods as popular as they are. They are already facing shortages because again, Apple ordered over 45 million new AirPods from Chinese manufacturers. But of course the orders can't be fulfilled because supply chains are shutting down because everybody's quarantined over in China because of this coronavirus. And so don't bring the coronavirus through the AirPods. Right. Cause you're trying to get some little funky AirPods. <laughs> <laughs> you done brought the coronavirus over here. Go get you some Raycon earbuds <laughs> right. until they release <laughs> don't hit, the don't AirPods do them, again. Don't do them with the Raycons. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that may be your only option right. until the, till this coronavirus clears up. And that goes for a lot of things, not just Apple. You got car manufacturers can't get stuff over here. A lot of the clothes that we wear can't get over here. I'm thinking, I mean, of, honestly, China kind of low key owns us. Right. Right. So we get all the things from there. Right. And of course, China's commerce is already feeling it because of the trade wars and the trade restrictions, mm -hmm. you know, so Truth be told, you know, China wants their stuff over here just as much as we want right. to get it over here. Right. But at the same time, we, if they, if you know that phrase, cut off your nose to spite your face. Right. <laughs> if China really wanted to mess with us, they could like, you know what? We just ain't going to ship nothing over there no more. Mm -hmm. And then what are we going to do? We ain't going to make it over here in America. We're not going to make it. Because we ain't got no manufacturing plants and it's going to cost thrice as much as it to is. To hire people. And to make it. Yeah. So the uh, iPhone now is to what? Thousand nine hundred twelve hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. You look about two thousand dollars to get it made in the USA. The basic version, exactly. So I want to see how proud we are of an iPhone made in the USA if mm -hmm. it costs two thousand dollars. Right, <laughs> exactly. Because I know I was reading something earlier today um, that they have a, a cruise ship. Mm -hmm. I think it's out of Japan. Mm -hmm. Is quarantined mm -hmm. because like they have quite a few people on there. A couple hundred people on there who are infected so it's like t oh, almost 2700 passengers and then over a thousand um crew people mm -hmm. all of them are quarantined for two weeks yep. on the ship they can't even come out of their cabin yep and everybody's kind of everybody meaning all of these companies and all these you know industries mm -hmm. you know i was watching um msnbc no cnbc today and they're talking about the coronavirus and they're talking about these brands and businesses that are affected, but nobody really wants to see what happens if our industry or our, you know, society is really affected. Mm. If we can't get products from China, not just in the next couple of weeks, but like six months, let's mm. just say for worst, worst case scenario, this coronavirus thing takes over China. They can't it contain it. It really hasn't taken over China yet. Yeah. It's just taken over key areas. And then so as a safety precaution, They've they're locking it. everything yeah. else down. But imagine if it takes over China to where no nothing in China is happening. You know, forget the fact. Well, in addition to the fact that we would try to stop it from getting over here to the United States. Even though it's called, I think it's like 12 people already infected here. Imagine if we can't do any business for like six nine 12 months like yeah. come this time 2021 it'll be the hunger games we'll switch <laughs> we still dealing with the coronavirus <laughs> i mean i'm talking about small businesses that we get all these little gadgets and doodads uh -huh. and things that we sell yeah we are not making that stuff so mm -mm. it's just it it hopefully and oh, Amazon's business is going to dry yes, up. Yes. Because all that stuff we bought from Amazon Come is from coming from China. They can try to move it to India and probably successfully. So, but it ain't, it's going to take years to fully transition from China. So yeah. just, just keep that in mind. You know, I, of course I don't see nobody, nobody wants to talk about it. Right. right? So that's what I was my original. Point nobody was. wants to publicly talk about it, but right. you know that in these rooms that they quote sweat matter they are sweating. they are sweating and they are trying to come up with every alternative to figure out what can we do to keep the money and the things in the pipeline flowing and nobody wants to panic because if there's panic because of this and, and i don't believe there will be same thing with the um ebola was it, virus and thing. was it west now and you know i mean they, 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 what there wasn't big of course those came out of i think it came out of africa mm -hmm. i think but again 
they didn't last very long to be a major deal. Of mm-hmm. course, the media hyped it up because that's all they talked about. But this, the media is talking about it, but everybody's kind of like, oh, what do we... Let's I, take a wait and see. Right, right. right, right because, and uh, again, like I mentioned, China, you know, they could be like, we got y'all. But at the same time, their whole industry, their whole society will crumble as well because... Yeah. They want it's a money. partnership. It, it works both ways. We right. need them. They need us. Right. So the, everybody's trying to quietly just cross their fingers and pray that mm-hmm. this comes back as fast as possible because we're right now on this podcast just talking about AirPods, but mm-hmm. it could come down to it to where commerce stops and there are a lot of industries, people lose jobs, you know, a lot of things can happen just off, right. of, just off of virus. So we got to be careful at the very least, you know, but at the most to get... You might want to pay attention to this one because this yep. is a different one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. So let's see. The next story, I, I see Apple quietly launches uh, in-home iPhone repair. So, you know, a big a big push and pull with Apple for the past year or not years, years has been Apple has been locking down their phones, making them harder to repair. Mm-hmm. So I just can't go to any old mom and pop and get my iPhone fixed and expect it to be the same quality right. that I originally bought it. And there've been a lot of companies that are saying, Hey, we want Apple to adopt a right to repair policy mm-hmm. to where they make their products more repair friendly. So, you know, people can, if I own the phone, I should be able to do what, what I want with it, right. including get it fixed. That's their standpoint. So it looks like Apple to try to combat that as they have quietly introduced at home iPhone repairs starting in select cities. So if you're in San Francisco, if you're in Los Angeles, if you're in New York, Chicago, Houston, and Dallas, you can all receive on-site assistance directly from Apple. So you don't have to go through a third party. Mm-hmm. You can go, you can reach out to Apple. I'll, um, I'll have to read and see how you do it. I'm assuming it's through the Apple support app, mm-hmm. but um, they haven't introduced any sort of formal information, but yeah, you go to the Apple's support site to make a genius bar appointment. Users will now see an on-site option when scheduling a repair. So you're thinking about maybe screen repairs for your iPhone, maybe screen, if you're screen cracked for your Mac, Mm -hmm. you know, if you need to do basic replacements like battery replacements for your late model or new model, um, MacBooks, things of that nature. But most people are talking about their cracked iPhones. Yeah. So, um, let's see repair, repair technicians. I'm reading directly from the story. Repair technicians can visit users at home or at work, saving users time for making and attending an appointment in a physical store. However, these techniques are not Apple employees. They are members of GoTech Services, an Apple, Apple authorized service provider, according to the company site. Site does not specify the extent of the repairs on site uh, users can address, but iPhone cosmetic issues, cracked screen can be chosen and probably some other um, small you know, features like I mentioned before. So mm. um, Apple is not doing it themselves. They are partnering with a Apple authorized service provider. And I think we've even talked about that before Mm -hmm. to where, you know, they are making it easier to be an Apple authorized service provider. But if you are not, they're making it extremely hard. hard. (laughs) Yeah. So definitely be out, be on on the lookout for that, especially if you're in those those cities that I mentioned before. Uh, I'm hoping that they will spread out to additional cities, which I'm I'm pretty sure they will. Right. All right. At this point, they... They're, I think they're at the point where they're going to have to start to loosen the reins a bit. Right, right. And it looks like they're not meeting halfway, maybe meeting 25% of the way. They right. say, okay, we're still going to lock these phones down, but we are going to make it easier for you to reach out to us if you want to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and I'm pretty sure that it'll also supl- apply to if you have the um, Apple Care mm-hmm. to where you can just pay your deductible and they'll replace it for free. Versus you may have to pay the full, you know, one twenty nine, one ninety nine, however much it is to fix an iPhone these days. All right. So let's see what else. Uh, Apple mobilizes iCloud.com. So at first time I read this, I was like, what? Why would Apple need to mobilize? What I mean by mobilize is make iCloud.com mobile friendly. So you can go to iCloud.com on a mobile device and it'll have better functionality. It'll look better, better user experience than, you know, just requesting a full desktop site. Right. So I was trying to figure out, well, why would they do that? And of course, you know, my reason was because if I have an iPhone and 
I just want to look at iCloud data, I can just do that through the phone natively. I right. don't, it makes no sense for me as an iPhone user to have to go to iCloud.com to look at notes or mm-hmm. to look at files that I have in pages, keynotes, numbers, whatever the case may be. Right. right. But I, of course, <laughs> me being an Apple snob, I couldn't think outside my little bubble. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, the, after reading the story, then it makes per- perfect sense because there are people with MacBooks and mm-hmm. iPads that have an Android. Right. And if you're using notes or reminders or calendar or all the little features you know, on your Mac or on your iPad, but you have an Android, you can go to iCloud.com and it's a mobile friendly site to where you can look at the same notes, the same, Mm -hmm. same features, the same data, same information that you store in iCloud. You can look at it on your Android device. Um, and yeah, on your Android device. And that's key. It, 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 it's, you know, some of the things like when you log into it, you will see like your photos and notes, Mm -hmm. but it's, primary you have to save it to the cloud right it's not going to just natively whatever you have on your phone it's not going to show up on iCloud right yep yep so you have to be using it have to be a part of it yeah and I was again I was like well why would I do that well oh yeah uh, there are people there with are Androids people that actually Android use, phones right they use all other Mac right uh, Apple technology and they yeah. use their services so yep um so it all it, it also makes accessing Apple's find my iPhone easier so that's another one mm-hmm. so if I lose my phone and I'm around other people that have phones. Mm-hmm. I can say, can I use your phone? Mm-hmm. Log into my iCloud account. And find my, and find find, my device. And find my device that, yeah. look, that makes it more friendly on a device that's not mine. Right. Because if I'm doing it natively through iCloud, the only thing I have access to is their information on their phone. Right. But if I go to iCloud.com on their device, I can sign into my Apple ID and, and find. See all the info. Yeah. Yep. 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 And especially to find my phone. So. Um, the UI is already available on iCloud.com, although it's limited right now to just the four aforementioned services, services, notes, photos, reminders, and find my phone. Other iCloud features like contacts, calendar, or the iWork suite of apps aren't available yet from the new mobile site, although it's possible that Apple will add support for those in the near future. So definitely look out for that. If you need to access iCloud.com on a device other than yours, or if you have an Android and you're using iCloud, definitely check out iCloud.com. Let us know what it looks like. Yeah. And let us know if it, you know, if it's helpful yep. to you to be able to use it. If you, you know, have all of your other stuff on your, on your um, Apple devices, but not on your actual the probably the device you use the most, your phone. Right, right. And I actually went to it when I was looking for these stories and it looks pretty good. I can't, can't front. So. And the thing is, I use it actually quite often, especially when I'm at work and I'm trying to pull some document that I have. Mm-hmm. I just log in and get it from there. Right. Yep. All right. So I think that is it for all the stories for the lowdown. All right. Let's move into second string where we talk all things tech and it looks like Google is still having some, like Facebook, Google is having some data leakage uh, issues, specifically with private photo, private yeah, photos. I actually saw this on on Twitter. Um, a guy just screen captured and he highlighted, you know, this section saying that, you know, hey, you know, your photos have been sent to other people. Oh my goodness! So <laughs> if you use Google Photos, um, not everybody is affected, but some people are affected by the fact that the the photo service some of your private videos Videos. have been sent to other people that you don't know oh my goodness to their archives yes and so there's it doesn't seem to be a way for you to know that this is being sent to them it's just some sort of glitch in their system that just sends this over to folks and so they're saying um google's takeout service um, that lets people download their data mm-hmm. was affected by the technical issue between November 21st and November 25th. So we're in February. Right. This happened um, in 2019. In 2019, during around Thanksgiving time. When and everybody's we, taking pictures. Right. Holiday time. Right. Um, and this just now is coming out as an issue. I haven't seen anything directly from um, Google. Um, that posted this. Oh yeah, they put in the article that we're reading from the verb. The this guy John Oberheed. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it must be named John. I don't know. Um, this is the actual tweet that I saw, mm-hmm. and he has it highlighted. From it looks um, like from an email. Yeah, it looks like from an email from Google dated February 2020. 
and he posted this on February 3rd, so earlier this week. And the highlighted portion says, unfortunately, during this time, we mentioned November 21st through November 25th, 2019, some videos and Google photos were incorrectly exported to unrelated users' archives. One or more videos in your Google Photos account was affected by the issue. So instead of them just outright saying, hey, we sent your stuff to somebody else, they worded it very interestingly, and I think it it probably is for legal reasons, to say uh, export it to unrelated users' archives. Yeah, and it says a Google spokesperson in a statement to 9to5Google, where we found a story uh, from, says, these users may have received either an incomplete archive or videos, not photos, that were not theirs. We fixed the underlying issue and have conducted an in-depth analysis to help prevent this from ever happening again. Our bad. But <laughs> essentially, your stuff is with somebody else. Possibly. Yeah. Which doesn't sound like a big thing, but a lot of people's they a lot of people do not mind putting their personal private information in their phones. And I mean, this is probably a small number of people, yeah, but people saying, are people are free when it comes to their information yeah. on their phone, thinking that it's private, it's, safe. it's mine. It's Google. It has to be protected, right? Nobody's going to see it. So I'm going to do whatever, you yeah. know. Just be out here while. Well, it says in the article, it says less than 0.01% of Google photo users who have used takeout were affected. But it also goes on to say Google Photo has over 1 billion that's a lot. users. So, so even... A small old point, whatever that percent was. That's a lot of people. That's a lot that's of videos. That's a lot of people. Right. They're trying to, I guess, to me it seems like they're trying to minimize the amount of the impact. We're saying, oh, it's less than 0.01%. But 0.01% of a billion, if it's in dollars, I'll take it. Right, exactly. If somebody <laughs> gave me, what, 0.1% of a billion dollars, I ain't going to say no. Mm-mm. So, and that's still a significant amount. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. So again, uh, you know, this day and age is, you know, uh, it's good and bad, right? Mm-hmm. Because people have, and I keep saying this, people have a platform, right? So Google, in this specific case, Google can't just hide, right? Because anytime anybody gets it, any amount of information that they seem important, mm-hmm. they're going to share it with their platform. Right. So these companies have to start to put out these press releases, start to let people know what's really going on because it's like, hey, we either let people know that we messed up or people are going to find out that we messed up. And in this case, how's that saying go? Um, uh, uh, saying I'm uh, asking for forgiveness. I rather ask for, for ask for forgiveness, forgiveness than, than ask permission. for permission. In this case, you better let people know what's going on ahead of time before you have to double back after the fact because right. information spreads, and you rather like have wildfire and and the wrong information or the incorrect or out of context information will spread like wildfire. Mm-hmm. So you better let people know ahead of time. And I think in our age of technology, companies are having to start to own up a lot faster than they would even though this was done back in december and we're just hearing about it in february mm-hmm. that's a whole lot faster than what they've done in the past right if at all right you know and they're and, they're, and they were making notes say oh it's it's either you know incomplete archive or videos not photos like video is worse <laughs> we got some freaks out here <laughs> video is worse than photos i'm mm-hmm. sorry mm-hmm. so i mean yeah so it's just check it has anybody uh any of our listeners, did you get this um, this email from from Google? If you did, let us know your thoughts on how you feel if you were affected by you know your videos being compromised, possibly out here on these internet streets. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's see what we got next here. America is having some issues because the primaries after all these years it seems like it's been years mm-hmm. we've been talking about 2020 elections for it like, seems like for 20 years <laughs> <laughs> this past weekend we finally started the first democratic primaries in iowa and speaking of the age of technology don't look like we're getting off on the right foot as it relates to voting so <laughs> give us the lowdown what's happening in iowa here so um like Terrence said, we're in 2020, so we all know that this is a presidential election year. Um, and one of the first big hurdles for any of our elected officials 
um, particularly, well, this time on the Democratic side, since we already have an incumbent Republican president, um, is the Iowa caucus. That's really the first test of, of who's going to be the front runner in the election. So in an attempt to bring the election process into this new decade, mm-hmm. um, an app was created called the Iowa Reporter, which is the, the purpose of the app uh, is for it to, a lot of people are thinking, I know I initially thought that the app, people were voting through the app. Right. Regular That's, people right. download the app decide who they want to pick for mm-hmm. and then the app would tally the votes and they would declare a winner of the Iowa primary. Right. But in reading uh, some of the details, we, we will be t- discussing three different links and we'll put all the links in the show notes. But essentially what this app does is that it the, the precinct chair in a particular county, they use this app to submit their totals from their precinct to the... I guess the headquarters or whatever the state commission is that, you know, counts all the votes. So the the idea is to get the results back quicker versus we having to wait to nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night. So that was the point of, Hey, if I'm precinct one, Terrence is precinct two, me, we upload, we tally the votes for our, um, for our precinct. We log into the app, send our, Numbers, boom. Everybody has all those numbers coming in electronically. We count them up. Yay, we have the winner announced by 9 o'clock. Right, which doesn't sound like every person who wants to download the app gets it. It's like certain people. Right. Which they're only, which kind of reduces the the so-called confusion down from, it went from everybody having a phone to being able to vote to just certain people, which sounds like they've kind of already in theory, mitigated the issue a little bit, but... mm. Yeah, so essentially with the app, the precinct captain, they log into this app, they enter in their... Let me find the... I want to get the specifics of what they said that they had to do because it's it's a pretty detailed process of what you're supposed to do. So once you download the app, um, you are supposed to enter in your um, email, you get an authentication code from uh, Google Authenticator. Once you get that um, two-factor authentication authentication code, you enter that, then you enter your precinct pin, and then that takes you to the main screen where you enter in your precinct number, and then you enter your totals. Well, what the issue is that they were having is they weren't getting all the way through the system they would only get up to a point where they would enter in their precinct pen will get to that screen and then the app stopped working mm-hmm. it it wouldn't uh, they couldn't go any further so um they had a meeting on sunday night so the Iowa caucus was, caucus was on monday mm-hmm. they had a meeting um at 6 p.m on sunday night before the iowa caucus to uh, you know, review things and you know have conversations. At that time, there were still issues with the app. When they tried to launch it, they couldn't get in. It was failing, all that good stuff. So they knew that there was some issues with the app prior to going, you know, live, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Once you know the voting starts, um, so. What they were seeing is once they once they got in there, they were told um, during this what the six p.m. call. If you have any issues with the app, call this number and we will you know get you squared away. So this one we we we're, I'm including the link to the app where it's pretty much a firsthand account mm-hmm. from you know one of the precinct chairs on on what happened with them. So he said they went to log in to to do their thing to get their votes counted they went to log in they got the error they couldn't get in so then they called the number as they were instructed to to get some help and the quote is i'm trying to find it they were on a permanent hold meaning uh 
nobody came to the phone. Right. Or they <laughs> didn't nobody want to answer the phone or get back on the phone because they didn't know what to do. Right. So <laughs> what they ended up doing was they just drove. <laughs> he said they drove the, uh, they drove their, um, numbers, their numbers mm-hmm. to the place that right. it was supposed to go to electronically. Because the whole point of this app was to do it faster. Right. And I was just reading a little bit more while you were reading. And it said the purpose of the app was to be able to, uh, display early precinct numbers, not tabulate the final vote. Mm-hmm. So the Iowa caucus, however it's run, we were doing research before the show and couldn't figure out how the Iowa caucus does their counting in mm-hmm. the first place. It's just not us going into voting booths and picking. They have to do some sort of weird thing. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, the app was not supposed to be responsible for uh, tabulating all the votes or predicting the final count. It was just supposed to figure out a way for precincts to quickly let people know how many what how things were going so we could find out early exit poll numbers right Mm -hmm. so going back to your story again in theory it was to make things go faster but if the dude has to drive the numbers to the polling place that's the opposite direction and the opposite purpose of what the app was supposed to do (laughs) right and so the app that i mentioned is called um iowa reporter and the app was created by this company called shadow inc and the CEO, Gerald uh, Niamira, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but he said, and I quote, the app was sound, the data that came out of the app was sound, the math that was done on the app was sound. All the results we collected on the app were sound and have such been verified and have been verified as such. But he did acknowledge that when the caucus data was being moved to an IDP validation server for verification, a data formatting problem resulted in an error that caused some of Monday's problems. So if anybody, you know, I work in the data space, um, uh, advanced analytics and ETL development. So what essentially happened is they had, say you have a text file Uh and you have name, comma, address, comma, street, I mean, birthday comma. Right. All the data, when you look at it on the source, looks good. Right. But when you're importing it into a new system, they're saying, you know, this file, we don't take commas. We can't read commas. We take semicolons. We take semicolons. Mm -hmm. Well, the data is good on the source side, but but when you're trying to load it into a new system and the formatting doesn't match, it's garbage. Mm -hmm. It's all garbled. It doesn't know how to read it. Typically, in, in my experience, the job just fails or you get a bunch of hieroglyphics looking characters. Mm -hmm. So essentially they're saying on the front end, things look good, but when they moved it over, that's where the issues came into play. But what it sounds like, I'm trying to find the specific part in the article where they said that they got a new build of the app two days before, um, the voting started. So it, what Iowa caucus was on Monday, so technically it would have either been Friday or Saturday. They got a new build. A new build. If anybody knows anything about how software development works in deployment, you, in deployments, you just can't say, <laughs> "Hey, we made some changes. We're going to give you this new code. Mm-hmm. Work it out." There has to be no multiple testing, levels no of QA, testing. No nothing. No testing. No QA. No validation. No. You know, unit. So it's type unit testing. So the developer tested, then sit testing, then the test engineers tested, then UAT, which is the business folks testing it. Right. So the the first time it seems, based on this article, that any of these Iowa precinct captains were seeing this were like at six p.m. the hey. night before. So it sounds like the whole process was bungled. Right. And my thing is. Like we said, it feels like 20 years we've been trying to get to this new election. What to the run-up? Why wasn't there some sort of... We had all this time. You've had four years <laughs> to perfect this. And right. apparently, I don't see in the article, but I read somewhere that it the app cost 60000 or something. Mm-hmm. But it's really... 
it did the exact opposite of what it was supposed to do. Right. It was supposed to make things go faster, end up making things go slower. And we still don't have all the full results. Right. And this is what we're recording Thursday night. I think 97% of the votes are in. Mm-hmm. 90%, uh, 97% of the precincts are in. Right. So this happened Monday. Mm-hmm. Here we are, you know, Thursday. almost a full work week later, and we still don't have a definitive a clear definitive, winner. Right. When this whole process was supposed to allow the results to be returned you know, not midnight on Monday or midnight on Tuesday, but the night after, because polls mostly close. I'm not sure how the hour caucus works, but most polls close at like seven. Right. So usually you get the results, you know, like start 11, midnight. Yeah. Right. But the whole point of this was they could start getting an idea so that they can start projecting, you know, who the what winner? the, who was, who was the winner, mm-hmm. but that didn't happen. Nope. But this site, the, the article, one of the articles that we we're referencing on vice they actually um, have the... Oh, another thing. It's an Android app. <laughs> See? <laughs> there you go. Already being shady. <laughs> I didn't say it to be shady. I'm just saying. It's an Android app. And they actually have the APK file. Right. Um, so that was so- the other part of the story. It's like, if you are any Joe, Joe Blow, you could get source code for this app and go through it with a fine tooth and comb and find out whatever you want to find out, which doesn't look good if we're talking about voting and polling and our checkered history as it relates to voting and polling and hanging chads and all. If y'all remember all that stuff, this is nothing but like another layer on how terrible it is to vote in this country. Not talking about how hard People have tried to stop people from voting. and Not talking about the disenfranchising and suppression right. of votes. The actual act of voting itself. So, you know, I've downloaded the API. Mm-hmm. I thought I had Android Studio. I did have Android Studio on this laptop, mm-hmm. but it looks like I deleted it. But I've downloaded it again because I want to see what? what's in there. Yeah, and we saw stories again. Like I said, we'll, uh, Nika will... Uh, put them in the notes to where we've got a story to where a guy is talking about personal information was being transmitted throughout the app that's not supposed to be there. This is supposed to be an app that's supposed to tally votes. Why that's is it got, all I do is tally votes. Why has it got personal websites and personal information into the app? And, you know, again, it goes, the stories going the length of how, you know, we, we already spoke on it about how, you know, this thing was updated and pushed out with no any sort of testing, no sort of uh, validation, no sort of nothing. And then as a result of this app bumbling and fumbling, you've got Pete Buttigieg saying, I'm the winner. And then the votes Dude, come back. And this, he said that two days ago. Right, right. And it's like, no. Right. So then, you know, it comes out Bernie Sanders is the winner, which goes into this whole other conspiracy theory about Bernie Sanders and the Democratic nominee with all the way back to Clinton and the DNC, how they supposedly railroaded him into not Nobody being a, but, but again, the fact that this doesn't work does nothing but add fuel to the fire. Of, and the Republicans are having a freaking of field course, day with we, it. Because the Democrats can't get it together. We can't the first We primary. have had four years to get this together. We can't get a nominee together. We can't get, you know, voted together. We it, can't get anything together. And, We've we had all this time. If we can't get votes together in middle of nowhere, Iowa, what when it comes down to it and we've got all these different cities polling at the same, you know, different times where millions of people trying to, you know, do this electronic voting thing. You know, Georgia has their own issues with polling mm-hmm. systems. So all that and to machines, say, and yeah. all that to say, it doesn't look good for the 2020 election. When it starts out, it already looks pretty crappy to me from jump. (laughs) And now, so it's what Iowa has 3.156 million people as of um, 2018. Mm -hmm. So if they can't get this done. And you said other uh, other states were going to kind of use this model. I think you mentioned another state or something. Well, they were, but I think now all this is scrapped. Right. Because I'm reading uh, in one of the, it looks like the New York Times. they said that the app wasn't tested widely before it was deployed. So I don't think, and they said that the app was rushed. You have four years. Why was it rushed? I don't think at this point, especially even if someone had an app that was suitable, I don't think anybody would trust to use it at this point. Which sets us back because right. I want to you know, push 
technology as it relates to polling voting right. because I don't want to have to go to the to the precinct because it's supposed to be easier. We're mm-hmm. in 2020 to where we're supposed to see flying cars. Now we ain't got flying cars, fly- but you would though. think we would be able to electronically vote by now. We have apps that can literally do anything, right? And we can't seem to get this right. And the thing is, it's not even actually voting; it's counting the, the votes. votes, right? It's so, not even the issues surrounding actually me opening up my app and voting, right? If American Idol can get it right, why can't the government get it right when it comes? That's a conspiracy, <laughs> right? Which, again, like you said, <laughs> opens up a whole uh, think slew of conspiracies. It's like, mm-hmm. well, why? Can't we vote electronically? We have all this technology. Why can't we? Why are they making it so hard for people right. to vote? Yeah. I mean, even with paper voting and with, you know, the voting machines, people are like, oh, you know, we have to check the rolls and purge people because it's going to be all this voting uh, irregularities, irregularities and, 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 and yeah. double voting uh-huh. and all that kind of crap. So it's just I think this whole thing has really just soured. Even the prospect now of and, going forward. And then, like I said, conspiracy theory, it's like there are people out there who already don't trust voting. My mm-hmm. vote don't count. You know, I'm just one vote. You know, we've got history of them, you know, voting how they want to vote and electing. We got electoral college. Electing, com- who, electing got, who they want to. You got electoral college versus the popular vote. You got the whole thing went down with Bush and mm-hmm. um, uh, Al Gore back in. You know, way back in the day, you know, and this is like on top of not being able to vote on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Why can't we vote on Saturday? Why we got to have all this ID to vote? Why go through it? And then to say, oh, good, we can vote or count the votes electronically. And then all this happened. I can see people just saying, look, throw the hands up. Forget yeah. it. Forget it. The whole thing is rigged. Yeah. Why bother? Yeah. And I really think that it's uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get this anytime soon right. now with all of this uh, mm-hmm. clamoring and, and people just really just the conspiracy theories really just. It don't help. It does it, not help. It does not help. At all. And um, here we are with, you know, four years to get all this done. And we had this huge, you know, kerfunkle. Yep. Yep. And it's not like I said, it's. Like you said, Georgia's having issues. They can't decide how they're going to let people vote. Specifically in Georgia, we got these different polling machines. But there, I saw a story that they're, you know, trying to let people test their polling machines now mm-hmm. for when the actual presidential election comes down in November. You know, which is a good thing. But at the same time, it's like, who's going to trust it when all this stuff yeah. is out? You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's already this whole election cycle has already been a mess. And, you know, with, you know, the president being who he is and, you know, some of the comments he's made over the last couple of days. And, you know, it's just really, you know, people are people are already skeptical. People are already thinking, especially when he posted the meme about him being president, like all these different years or whatever. I didn't see that one. Yeah, he posted it and it was like. Uh, uh, like Trump 2048 Trump and it was like in really? four incremental years going all the way up to like some stupid number and it's like dude you're you're 70 really? something years old but yeah so it was essentially saying I'm gonna be president oh, forever and it ended with him a cartoon of him standing at the end and people are like well he's gonna be he's not gonna last that long I said he might not be here but it just says Trump I'm he's positioning I think his kids Possibly. to take it over and if we can't count the votes I mean People already right don't think he's going to leave, even if, you know, especially now, if uh, if the votes come back and he's not, he's, I don't think bro's going to leave. Right. He's going to contest it. I don't think he'll leave. And if I was Trump and they can't get their votes together and they can't count them right and we come down to election and somebody, let's just say he loses by 1%. What's to stop him from saying, nope, do it over because y'all messed up in Iowa. Y'all messed up in so-and-so. Y'all couldn't get this right. Y'all couldn't get this right. I'll be like, do it over again. And we sitting here for three, four months into 2021 and we still ain't got a president. Yeah, because I mean, if you think back to the election um, again with him and Hillary Clinton, the, it came down like 77,000 votes mm-hmm. that, you know, tipped the electoral college in his favor. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not that far-fetched. Right, right. We, Even though she won the popular vote by over 3 million votes, 
it was those 77,000 votes and I think like three states that tipped the electoral college in and his that, favor. And that's not a, a lot of votes. No, not when you're thinking what it was like Millions. 120 million people mm-hmm. that voted. Yeah, so they need to get it together so we can at the very least when November rolls around and we pick a president, we need mm-hmm. to know emphatically who that is so we can hopefully, hopefully, hopefully move forward. Who it is and who it ain't. Right. All right. Well, I think I had another story, but I don't feel like doing that. So (laughs) (laughs) we're going to move off of second string and let's move into for the culture. Uh, Just like last year, every week, we're going to come up with a uh, black history month, you know, may not have known story. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about who Marion Croak is. Marion Croak is the creator of VOIP, Voice Over IP. I did not know that. Yes. And the thing is, she has over 200 patents to her name, a hundred alone involving uh, Voice Over IP. The interesting thing that I was super surprised about, she's 65. Okay. So she's still alive. She worked um, at AT AT&T Bell Labs for most of her career. But now, I think uh, while she was at Bell Labs, she oversaw like 2,000 engineers, developers. So she had like a pretty large team that she 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 you know oversaw um but now she is at she's over at google um so i'm trying to find what's her specific title over at the googles she is vice president of engineering at google she did her undergrad um Not, not vice president for engineering for diversity or head of global uh, vice president of engineering for um, disenfranchised youth. This is like head of VP at Google. Full she stop. is the top dog <laughs> when it comes to engineering at Google. At Google. side titles that they like no, giving people. No, she got her undergraduate degree from Princeton, and she got her PhD from the University of Southern California. And like I mentioned. She's only 65 years old. Right. And she led, let me read this thing. She, okay. led, she led the deployment of Wi-Fi of, across India's railway system dealing with extreme weather and high population density. Because as we know, India next to China is a close mm-hmm. second for the most densely populated. Yep. And she's developed a Wi-Fi across India's railway system. So why are we having a problem in New York with a Wi-Fi and on MARTA in in Atlanta when India's got billions of people and they got they have a robust Wi-Fi? See capitalism, man. I'm oh, you know what? <laughs> keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. So um, she has, of course, lots of credits and and recognitions. Um, to her name, um, she sits on a multiple, um, of boards. Um, she was honored for outstanding technical contribution, um, at BEYA, I think it's pronounced Bay of Black Engineering of the Year Awards. Um, and she also, um, sits on the board at, where's the name? She sits on like boards at five different places. Uh, she serves as, um, on the board of directors of the Center for Holocaust. She's a black woman. Uh, okay. Uh, Center of Holocaust, Human Rights, and Genocide Education. She's a member of the Corporate Advisory Board um, at University of Southern California. Um, and she has, she's a mother of, of three. Um, so she, you know, the reason why we get to use these devices that we have over a myriad of places um, she's the, she's the reason why. Yep. She's a, a major contributor. Yep. All right. So shouts out to Marion Croak for this week's black history fact for, for the culture, for the snob OS podcast. Yes. Thank you, girl. I right. appreciate it. All right. So yeah, we're moving into the, for the hookup where I do a weekly tip as it relates to Apple and or technology in general. So, uh, I have an Apple card and there are a lot of places that accept Apple Pay, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily need a website to accept Apple Pay in order to use your Apple Card. Apple Card is just a regular uh, MasterCard that you can actually take the information and add it into Safari Autofill. Like if you use iCloud Keychain mm-hmm. and you come to a website and you want to make a purchase and you want to use your Apple Card to make that purchase, but you don't feel like going and digging to find your Apple Card and going through the app and 
opening up your credit card information, you can do that ahead of time and actually put it in Safari's autofill. But I don't think a lot of people know where you actually get your credit card information. Cause like I mentioned, if you look at the physical card, there's no number on it. Just your name. It's all digital, but the way you do actually go into Apple credit card, I mean, the way you actually get your number from the Apple credit card is you actually have to go into the wallet app. Mm-hmm. And then if you tap your Apple credit card and in the upper right hand corner, there's, there's the three ellipses menu button. If you press that, it'll give you more information about your Apple card, like who to call the website, your credit limit, available credit APR, but you can also select card information. You have to verify with your uh, face ID or thumb uh, touch ID, and you'll actually get your credit card number. You then copy that credit card number, put it into Safari autofill. So you have to go into Safari, go into preferences, go into autofill, add a new card, put in the credit card information from Apple wallet. Then if you just want to go and buy something, you can actually just go into uh, Safari autofill. It will suggest the list of cards. You can select uh, the Apple card, put that in and then actually make your purchase. So you have to do a couple steps ahead of time to actually get your Apple card number from Apple wallet on your phone. Once you get it, paste it in a Safari Apple fill, uh, Safari autofill, and then you can use your Apple card wherever they take credit cards. So that's my little tip. Do you have to do it a couple steps ahead of time, but you can actually use your Apple credit card anytime. And it doesn't have to be necessarily with Apple pay. Now you get the extra finance charges like the uh, cashback. Mm-hmm. You get higher percentage rate if you actually use Apple pay. But if you just want to use your credit card, they'll give you 1%. So versus like two or three, mm-hmm. if you actually use Apple pay. So that's my little tip. Nice. Yep. So other than that, I think we are done for this week uh definitely download rate and review us on apple podcasts we're also on google podcasts and we're on spotify definitely engage with us on social our social media handle is at snob we're on twitter facebook and instagram definitely leave us comments and suggestions whether it be you want to see something we want to talk about next week you want to uh to fix us like if we made a mistake whatever the case may be you want to give us a kudos you know, give us a uh, thumbs up. You can leave that on the web at snoboscast.com or you can shoot us an email at snoboscast at gmail.com. Other than that, I think that is it. I think next week we may have to get the show a little bit earlier because I am actually traveling. You know what? I forgot to mention it. Uh oh. So I'm actually traveling. Next week I'm going to Chicago mm-hmm. for the All-Star Weekend. Nice! Now I can't afford to actually go to the All-Star Weekend games mm-hmm. because the tickets are outrageous. Of course. But I'm going to hang out with my peoples. I got a um, high school friend and a couple other you know, friends, acquaintances that I've met over the internet, so on and so forth. I'm going to go and be in the city during the nice. All-Star Weekend, you know, go to a couple, go to a couple events, yeah. hang out, probably check in a little bit early because <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, yeah. So all of that to say, you may hear the, the podcast a little earlier next week because I will be traveling. So cool. yeah, definitely looking forward to that. But other than that, I think that's it for this week. Yeah. All right. Peace. Bye.